It's good to see you. Thank you, sir. We, uh, we were gone for about two weeks, Nicole and I, uh, getting fed on the Word and uh, having a few days alone and then planning with the leadership team um, for next year, and it's going to be awesome. We're excited about that. And uh, we just welcome you to Boomerang this morning. And uh, I tell you what, the, it, some of y'all may know uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Um, some of you may not, but the first time I ever saw his Twitter account, his Twitter account said, uh, I create problems for the devil professionally. And uh, I went, man, I like this guy already. I don't even know him. I create problems for the devil professionally. Glory to God. Are you a professional problem maker for the devil? Amen. Are we going to cause him some trouble this morning? Amen. Anybody with me? Anybody ready to take some ground back? Right? Anybody with me? If that's you, say amen. Amen. I declare you will have and take back that ground with the fervor that you give yourself to those amens and hallelujahs and grab a hold of the word. So, amen? Amen. amen. Glory to God. That's the way I'm, oh, he just don't know. <laughs> he just don't know. We're causing him some issues uh, this morning. You, you may find that you may see that your handout looks a little bit different today. Uh, that Some of you may know and some of you may not, but uh, the Lord, man, he poured into us. We went down and had some time at the Minister and Leaders Conference. Nicole and I did. Uh, we haven't always been able to go together, but we were able to go together uh, to Pastor Rodney Howard Brown and him and his wife, Adonica. And, uh, oh, did the Lord pour out in us. Oh, man, did he pour out on us. And you understand that when the Lord pours out, what he gives you is the seed of the word. And then you, what you do with that seed is what determines if you are productive and fruitful in the kingdom of God. And the word tells us this in the parable of the sower. Jesus told us this, that the enemy, the thief, comes to steal the seed of the word. Right? To steal the seed of the word. He wants to take away that word because in that word he said this. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, life and life to the full till it overflows comes from the word comes from that seed. So what he does is he looks and he watches till you get a word like you're going to get this morning for you. You're going to get a word out of the word, out of the Bible. But you also, he may speak some things personally to you. And what he does is he says, oh, you received that word. Let me, I want to come and try and steal it. Well, how does he do that? He tries to attack you. He tries to come against you. Uh, and so this morning we're talking about victory over attacks. Amen. Victory over attacks. And uh, so anyway, we, got, we received this great word, and some of you know this and some of you might not, uh, but basically we get done. It's Friday night. We just had the last service, man. We are just filled up with the word and filled up with God, and we get back to the rental house to find it had been robbed, right? Yay. <laughs> and not just a little robin. Like it had been ransacked. And I mean all kinds of stuff. So you got these handouts because I don't have my computer, right? 
a computer that does all kinds of stuff, right? All kinds of stuff. They stole computers, stole Nicole's computer, stole like five watches I had, two of them I'd just gotten for my birthday, all kinds of stuff, right? Now, you have to understand, what's the enemy after? The enemy's not after my watch. He's not after the computer. He's after the seed of the word. He's after your joy. He's after that. So that's why your handouts look different. But here's what he don't know. Well, he knows it. He just, see, he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he may know that you walked with God one time, but every now and then he'll just come back and test it. He just won't say, are they still at the same place that they were before? I know they had revelation, but it's the funny thing about a human flesh and a corrupted flesh when it's tainted by sin. We have this idea that even though it happened before, you know, now that I've arrived at that revelation, I'll be there for the rest of my life. Well, that's not necessarily the case. The word says in Joshua chapter 1, meditate on my law or meditate on the word day and night and then you will make your way successful. That word meditate uh, literally means to mutter. In other words, we put the word of God in our eyes, in our ears, and in our mouth and we constantly think on the seed of the word and we stay up to speed with the seed of the word. We stay up, we stay fresh with it. It stays real and alive inside of us. And so even though you may have arrived at some revelation at some point, he says, well, let me go back and test them. Let's say you have a revelation of healing. You get miraculously, supernaturally healed. Well, does that mean that, oh, oh my goodness, Kendall, he's got a revelation of healing. He'll never, uh, he'll, you know, I'll never be able to get him sick again. And the devil just gives up. I'm just going to give up from this point forward and because he's got a revelation of healing. No, he'll come along after a while. First thing, if it's the first time, he's going to challenge you on a regular basis because he wants to make you doubt the seed of the revelation of the word that you got. So he's going to try. That's not proof that you're a weak Christian. That's proof that you've got the seed of the word in you. Right? He's trying to steal that revelation, trying to steal that seed. But we are victorious over attacks. We are more than conquerors, right? Through him who loved us. This is who we are. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives to the death. In other words, a lot of people always say uh, that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, but they leave the last part off because that last part is actually where the victory is. Because if you've got an attachment to the world and to the comfort of your flesh, you're not going to overcome him. In other words, I've got to be willing to leave behind all things that are attached to this world and the corruption of this world. And I go after him. In other words, I'm willing to change my mindset. I'm willing to change what I think, how I act, what I believe. I'm willing by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony lines up with the word of God. It lines up with the power that was released through the blood. And I'm willing to move my life into those areas all of a sudden now I can be an overcomer. 
Now I can be an overcomer. So it's not just the blood of the Lamb. It's not just the word of the testimony. It's that I leave other stuff behind. Remember when it talks about the parable of the sower where the enemy's trying to immediately come and steal the seed of the word. Also what he does there is it says the cares of the world rise up and choke. And the deceitfulness of riches, it rises up and chokes out the fruit. Right? So a lot of times if we have cares in the world or cares of our flesh or the comfort of our flesh, if we start caring about that more than we care about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the cares will literally rise up and choke out the fruit. We will be unproductive, unfruitful members in the body of Christ. But if we will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all of a sudden all the things that you would have cared about, they'll be added. They'll be added simply by seeking first the kingdom, right? So he's after the seed of the word. He's after your fruitfulness and your production. And that's what he's attacking. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It just means that you're a threat. You're a threat to him, right? And you have to understand that. Who's a threat? Now, listen, a lukewarm believer is not a threat. Actually, a lukewarm believer does the devil's work for him. A cold, cold believer is better than a lukewarm one. He said, be hot, be cold. Don't be lukewarm. That's the worst. A cold believer will make somebody come to a decision point. A hot believer will make somebody come to a decision point. But a lukewarm believer will draw you right into the comfort of the flesh and you will be unproductive. The devil's after your productivity, so he comes to steal those things. So here's the thing. When you start to know who you are in Christ and you start to see the devil attack, oh, I get happy myself. I start to get happy. And, and here's, it's just me. Like not everybody's like this, but I'm like that. Is you start pushing on me, I don't like that. I, 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 I fight back, right? And that's just it. And the devil starts pushing on you. You need to understand that the only thing that the devil respects is power. Right. And so you start saying, oh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Now, we don't fight back in the world's way of fighting back. We fight back by believing God. This is how we fight back. Lord, I trust you. I humble myself to you. I'm going to do damage to the enemy's kingdom because he can't do anything about my trust in you and following after you. Try all he want to. Attack all he want to. In this world, yeah, sure, we'll have persecutions, but the Lord delivers us from them all. Amen? This is the word. This is the promise of God. I want to show you this. This morning it was really timely because uh, one of my spiritual fathers, Pastor J.B. Whitfield, he sent a text out. I sent it out on the boomerang line if you're a part of that. And if you're not, you can be. He wrote this in John uh, chapter 6, uh, tw 25 through 29 in the New King James. And you should have it on that sheet. Does anybody else need a sheet uh, of the notes? Normally it'll be, we'll put it online a little bit later, but because the computer was not there, we've got to rearrange some stuff and how we do it, get that back. Anybody doesn't have a sheet with the notes on it in the scriptures, we'll be happy to get you one. All right, just raise your hand, they'll get you one. So John chapter 6, verse 25 through 29. Now, uh, here he is, he says, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi... 
when did you come here? Now, this is right after he fed like the thousands of people. Right after that. It says in verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. In other words, what were they paying attention to? They were paying attention to the physical things in life. You, I fed you in the desert and now you want to come to be fed with physical things. You were interested in the physical things, the material things. That's what he's saying. Then he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. In other words, what he's saying is, don't, don't hunger for the things of the earth, for the things of the world, for the things that your flesh wants and desires. Don't hunger for those things. Hunger for the everlasting things, the eternal things. Hunger for relationship with Jesus. Right. Hunger for fellowship with Him. In Acts 17, 28, in Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. So you don't hunger for the things of life. You hunger for relationship with Him for everlasting life. In John 17, 3, it says, This is eternal life, that you may know Him, the Father and the Son whom He sent. That you may know Him, that you may have an intimacy with Him. Why? Because when you are in an intimacy with the Son and with the Father, everything you need is in there. Everything you need is in there. Everything you need is in there. So don't hunger for the things of the world, the food, the comfort, the, the retirement. Don't, don't go after that stuff. Go after God. Be obedient to that word and you will have everything that you need. You'll have everything. So when we have a situation uh, like what we had last week when you know, it comes in, this guy robs the house or whoever it was, and uh, I'm, I'm instantly, it was funny because the sheriff shows up and uh, they're expecting everybody to be beat up and down and everything else. Man, we're cracking jokes. We're, you're not stealing our joy and you're not stealing the word. Matter of fact, if, because the devil wanted to mess with a child of God who knows who they are in God. I'm believing instantly for a restoration. I'm believing instantly for all things to be paid back sevenfold according to the word. But not only that, but the things that we carry, they, we're walking in the light. We're walking in the anointing. So you start taking our stuff into the places of darkness, it's going to have a problem. You remember when they took the ark into the other temple, the other gods in the temple? broke right and they started falling down why because there was something else there that had some light on it and some anointing I'm believing that that theft rings get all broken up because they done stole the wrong stuff amen so in other words am I concerned about getting the stuff back no no not at all don't care a lick about that stuff. It will be fine. It will be just fine. Here's what I like. Lord, let your will be done. They done stole from the wrong folks. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. They done stole from the wrong folks. And, and will God repay? Yeah. And he's going to make the devil pay for it. Yes. Glory to God. But see, that's what happens when you know the word. That's what happens. Didn't bother us at all. 
We weren't down. We weren't like, oh, no, no, we're like, <laughs> stupid devil, dumb, dumb devil, dumb. But here's the other thing that makes me want to preach like a house of fire. I'm telling you, it makes me want to take back some ground. And it's like, dude, don't inject me with an attack because that is like the worst thing you can do because now everything I got in me is being multiplied in all of y'all. All that word is getting multiplied in you. It's like, God, don't do that. You know, that was, but remember, he's not the smartest guy. If he'd have known what the king of glory would have done, they would have never crucified the king of glory. Because here he thought he had Jesus licked by stealing his life. And Jesus was like, <laughs> in the grave and boom, out. And now he just released a bunch of Jesuses all over the earth. You are greater because Jesus went to be with the Father. He said, the works I do, they'll all do greater. He says, whoop, they'll do greater, they'll do greater, they'll do greater, they'll do greater. All of them, all of them. And that's just this room. All around the world, you got people who can walk and talk like Jesus. Lay hands and see the healing. Lay hands and see the glory of God and the anointing of God. Because the devil thought. Well, that was when you messed up, devil. You started thinking. <laughs> Dumb. Now, does every believer act like that? No. And that's why it works for the devil. And that's why... He keeps doing it. But you think about it. If you respond this way, what do you think the devil will be thinking next time? Well, I don't know if I want to attack them. Because last time I did, I got my tail handed to me. It's all right, you can laugh at that. <laughs> last time, it puts a pause on it. And you got to understand, which one is carrying more power? Him or you, the child of God, the ambassador of God? Him or you? You are. You are made in his image. It's you. See, he goes about as a roaring lion. He's not one. He goes about as one. And what he's trying to do is get you to draw back in your confidence. Draw back from doing kingdom work. Draw back into the world's way of doing things and the comfort zones of the world. Draw back and, and he'll leave you alone. See, if you're lukewarm, he doesn't care. You're doing his work for him. You're not winning anybody and you're giving everybody a reason to not believe God. Because if God's not powerful, what's the point? He's getting you to draw back. But see, there was a thing I remember in, in the Marines... What you did in an ambush, for the most part, was you didn't stand there and cower down in an ambush. You ran into the ambush. Right. You, you break up the ambush. You don't sit back. You break it up. You turn into it. Because if you turn into it, there's nothing that can happen. You immediately splinter them. And you, that's the only way to deal with a bully is to take it right back into his face. you got to take it right back into him. And so that's what we've got to realize is you are the greater. It's not the devil. It's not his attacks. Christ in you. You are carrying the greater on the inside of you. You are carrying the greater. It's you as a believer. The greater one's inside of you.
you start to realize that, oh, the devil doesn't like that. He doesn't like it. So look here. He said, verse 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set a seal on him. They said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Now, when you ask that question, what would you say are the works of God? What would you say? Are you works of God going and saving people? Well, don't you, well, Jesus might say, go and make disciples, right? The works of God, you know, do this, do that, do this, whatever. No, you would think that he would, you know, go build a church. No, no. You know, go preach. That's not how he answers here. He answers, he says, this is the work of God. Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God. This is your work that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe. This is your work. To believe him. To trust him. You see here's the reason why. Because if you believe. Faith without works is dead. In other words if you truly believe. There will be a corresponding action. You will go and preach. You will go and serve him. You will not get frustrated. When the enemy uh, attacks you. You'll just believe God. My God is bigger and his love is greater. Than any attack he can send towards me. He will throw a net and capture me. He will catch me. The Lord will catch me if I fall. His mercy is greater. My work is to believe on him. Not to believe on the attack. Not to believe on everything else. My work is to believe on him. His character. His nature. His promises. No matter what I see. No matter what I feel. I'll believe on him. I will trust his word. The seed of his word will deliver me. In it is all provision. In it is everything that I need. I will believe on him. I'll believe on him. Pastor J.B. wrote this, and it was just so perfect because when you're dealing with attacks, what you're faced with in attacks is to back off. When you get attacked, what's the natural reaction of your flesh? Oh, that hurt. Jesus, right? That's the natural reaction of your flesh. But have you ever seen like a good movie that's produced and like, you know, some dude is feeling spunky? And then, like, he smacks a guy with everything he's got. And the guy's like, you know, and it's like Frankenstein coming at the dude. He's like, I done messed up, right? That's the way we've got to be. Oh, no, no, devil, you've done messed up. You've awoken something on the inside of me. There's a greater one on the inside of me. And you woke it up. You woke it up. You woke up faith inside of me. You woke up something on the inside of me. A belief in Almighty God. You woke up the greater one. The comforter, my strength. The Holy Ghost, my big brother. You done woke him up on the inside of me. What can happen when that happens? What happens when you wake up God on the inside of you? David's take Goliath. Elijah's run for miles in front of the chariot. When you wake up the greater one on the inside of you, you start to do supernatural things. And so you don't need to be the person that that steps back. You need to be the person that steps up in boldness. I know who's in me. I know who's in me. I know who's in me. You're not making me cower, devil. 
All power and authority was given to Jesus. You now have none. And the one who's on the inside of me is the one who carries it all. I in him, him in me, seated on the throne at the right hand of the Father, the seat of all authority. I have the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost comes on me by I start giving him access to come on me by stepping, doing my work, stepping into faith. Stepping into faith. Now God can be inside of you who he wants you to be. And so we start not looking at attacks as a bad thing. We look at it as, oh man, there's the opening. One time I had a dog and um, uh, I had two dogs. They were both German shepherds. And, uh, you know, German shepherds, they're, they're great dogs, but they're also, they can be vicious if you attack them, right? And uh, I, need, I need somebody to help me. Uh, Rachel, come here real quick. So uh, this dog, which, which one was it? Um, I think it was Duke uh, is the German Shepherd that I had. And I think it was Rolly, Duke and Rolly. And um, yeah, we were there. And they were outside and they got to playing. And you know how, you know, like brothers and sisters, they'll start playing. And they'll like, pick, you can pick back. And, and, and be like, oh. You know, and that's how, that's how, well, that's what these dogs started to do, right? And all of a sudden, within a, a split second, all of a sudden, they were like frothing at the mouth. Ah, like that. And I was like, oh my goodness. So uh, if she was Roly, she was, uh, she'll be Roly and I'll be Duke, right? And so Roly is like coming at Duke. He's coming at him, right? And uh, here, turn towards me and be like, ah, yes, <laughs> great. <laughs> And he was like, ah, rah, rah. And, and about that time, he was coming at Duke, and Duke pops up on his back feet like this, and Rolly was coming, and he was, Duke was like, just keep reaching out. So, and Duke was like this, batting, batting, come on, keep coming. He was batting, 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 batting all those paws down. And then about that time, Rolly made a, just an inch too far that way. And when he did, Duke went. Like that, and landed right on his neck, and my eyes got about this. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's about to kill that dog. And I went, I didn't know what he was doing. I, he was just batting him away, like with the greatest of ease. Ah, oh, silly, silly dog, silly Rolly, you're not affecting me. It doesn't hurt me. Try all you want to. Oops, you done messed up. Oh. That's how, thank you, that's how we can be within me. Try all you want to. It doesn't affect me. Greater is he, even if you took something, God's going to give it back. You've got no right to touch me. No evil will befall me. You can shoot every fiery darts, but every one will be quenched. No plague will come near my dwelling. I might be in this world, but I am kept from the evil one. Try all you want. Boom! And you get them with the word of God. And you take back that territory. You realize the devil is not invincible. The devil is not invincible. He reels. You realize why do you not get attacked all the time? Because he, he gets his tail handed to him sometimes. And who does that? Believers who know who they are in Christ. Believers who know who they are and they know how to respond by the word. They know how to respond. They know what to do. Now, most believers don't do that in America. But you are not those believers. You're the believers that know how to respond. And we're not here just to play patty cake with the devil. 
that Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And we are his ambassadors here to bring heaven on earth. Take ground. We're in the middle of enemy territory and the devil can't touch us. And even if he tries to touch us, we know what to do. And here's the thing. Even if we completely slip up or we say, okay, my race is run, we win. No matter what, we win. No matter what, we win. Paul said for me to die is gain. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. Listen, when you start getting that inside of your heart and the fear of death starts to evaporate inside your life, oh, the devil's got his hands full with you now. That's the kind of believers we're called to be. Not this flesh-coddling, wimpy, I'm just, my righteousness is of filthy rags. That's who you were. That is not who you are now. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ. You are made in His image. You were designed to produce after your kind. You are a fire-talking, a breathing with the life of God believer that walks with healing in your veins and an anointing to pour out. That's who you are. That's who you are. I'll just be sipping my tea. When you start getting that on the inside of you, everything changes. Your whole view on the world changes. The whole view changes. You start to see it for how it really is. But you got to understand, over the years I've seen people run from all the attacks. Let's stand up and be Christ-like. Christ didn't run from the attacks. He stepped into them. Even when his disciples said, oh, the thing you say, it's harsh. He didn't say, oh, oh, dear Jesus, please come back. Come back, disciples, come back, come back. What movie was that? That reminds me of a movie. Come back. Almost anti-M, but it wasn't that. Come back, come back. No, he said, y'all want to go too? Y'all want to go too? Why? Because he knew who he was. He knew what he was up to. And he didn't need to have people that would get offended because of something that said. He was telling the truth of God. He understood that. But he didn't need people that, didn't, that were so emotionally unstable that they get offended at everything that was said. He needed some believers. Because they are about to flip this world, this corrupted world on its head. And he needed some people that had some fire and some grit in their, in their belly. You notice who he went to. Can't you imagine Peter? Uh, Peter and all these guys, they were professional fishermen. Have you watched Deadliest Catch recently? I mean, are these weak men? Are these men with some grit? How's their language? Who do you think Jesus would rather be around? The ones hanging around the temple? Oh, Lord, oh, Jesus. Or the ones out there on the boat cussing like a sailor? Well, he showed us, didn't he? Some people with some grit. 
And the world doesn't understand. Well, they are not educated. Even in Acts chapter 4, they recognize them as being uneducated men. But they also recognize them as being with Jesus. Amen. When they observe the boldness and the confidence. When they observe the boldness and the confidence. See, when the enemy attacks, when you're going to have victory over attacks, it's not when he attacks and all of a sudden he attacks the things in your life and you go, oh, oh, oh let me go over here and lick my wounds. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's when you step into it. Greater is he who's in me. Just as earlier in my life when I killed the lion and I killed the bear, I will take your head, you uncircumcised Philistine. Yeah. Just as when God was with me then, he'll be with me now. When he saved your life when you were young, he'll be with you now. When he brought you out of all the darkness, he'll bring you out of the darkness now. You look over, look, and this is not in your notes. Ha <laughs> ha, Daniel. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Have we even hit the notes yet? Barely. Romans chapter 5. He says, through whom also, verse 2, through whom also, talking about Jesus, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult, we exult in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, we start to give God praise because there is a hope. There's a hope. There's a joy. There's a confidence. There's an expectation in the glory of God. And I know it's there whether I see it or feel it. I know there's a hope. And I'm going to start praising God ahead of time because even if you can't see it, there's a hope in God. He says, not only this, but we exult or we exalt in our tribulations. What? Whoa, Pastor Brian. I was with you till right then. <laughs> we exalt in our tribulations. Now, why would we be able to do that? Because just because tribulation has come has not changed the character or the nature of Almighty Father God. Just because tribulations come does not change one of his promises. Doesn't change a thing. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still giving us his word and his promises. And they will work the same way when I put faith in them in the tribulation as they do when I'm in the, sitting in the middle of the seat of victory. They will work. They will work. They will work. And he says, so I, tribulation doesn't move me is what he's saying. Tribulation attacks. They don't move me. If anything, they cause me to press in. They cause me to rejoice. They cause me to exalt God. He said, we exalt in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance. In other words, all it's going to do is just going to strengthen my muscle. It's going to show me how I can go further than I could before. I'm just going to become stronger and stronger. I'm telling you right now, there's things that Nicole and I face now uh, that are so easy. But like in year one and year two of the ministry, they were like eating our lunch. But now we've gone through them several times. It's like, pfft, silly devil. 
Silly. Silly. It just starts to make me worship God. Now, I'd have thought that was crazy back in year one or two. But since then, we've learned. It's just like when a, a weightlifter goes to the gym. You know, I remember the first time I was in gym and they told me to lift that 30-pound bar. I was like, and it didn't have any weight on it. It was just the bar. You know. But you keep lifting that bar, even if you're you keep lifting it, you'll get stronger. Your perseverance will build. You'll be able to actually get it up one time. And then if you keep on doing one at a time, you'll get to do two at a time. And then three, and then 30, and then you'll add some weight. And then you'll be able to do reps of those. And it'll grow, and it'll grow, and it'll grow. And now if you, you pick up the bar now, and it's like, whoop, whoop. It's nothing to you. Uh, so in other words, that discipline, that weight, that attack, that tribulation, all it does when a believer knows who they are, it just makes me realize you are growing my spiritual muscle. You're growing my perseverance. I'm just going to get better and better and better. Thanks for the workout. Use the devil for what he is. Use him for what he is. He's got no power unless you give it to him. Just, just sharpen your muscles with him. Sharpen your muscles. Build your muscles with him. He tries to stop you. Now look, you, know, you go and you try to, I'm, I'm not trying to scare you into this, but you don't know that you know what I'm, see I, I can speak like this because I know that I know what I'm talking about with it and I've meditated on it for years and years now. And, and so you try to talk like I'm talking and you're talking theory, but it's not yet in your heart, you're setting yourself up for some problems. You don't play around with it. But understand that this is a level that you can grow to. And when you start to grow to, what I'm telling you now is when you start feeling that attack, stop backing down from it. You don't have to talk and act like me yet, but stop backing down from it. Recognize what it is and stop backing down. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you. He says, look, we exalt in our tribulations. Tribulation brings about perseverance. It grows our spiritual mu muscles. And perseverance, proven character. What this means is it can mean a couple of things. It can either mean that I have now started to prove my character and my trust in God. But even more than that is every time that I did not back away from the attack but I kept on the pressure on the devil, I found what am I going to find? If I don't give up, and I keep pressing, what am I going to find about the character of God? He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And every time that I go through and I win a victory, I'm going to find He's the same. He's the same. He's a loving Father. He's given us everything. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He who did not spare his own son, how will he not freely with him give us all things? He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. As um, 
talking about 2 Peter 1, 3, uh, Romans 8, 32, and Ephesians 1, 3. He's given us all things. You're going to find that he is the same in all of these, that he is always coming through. It starts to prove the character of God. If God was with me with the bear and he was with me with the lion, Goliath, he's going to be with me here today, and I'm going to take your head. And that when the devil... When you start, the devil starts attacking, but you start coming, you know, just because there was a David in the camp didn't mean that the devil didn't send a Goliath. Because look, even though there was a David in the camp, the devil with a Goliath backed down the whole army of Israel. Well, I'm looking at an army of Davids. Not an army of Israel. I'm looking at an army of Davids. Why else would God have me preaching this message to you today? Because you're going to be an army of Israel or because you're going to be a David? Because you're called to be the David. You're called to be. David had a heart that would do all the things the Lord wanted him to do. You're called to be the David. I'm looking at David's. He wouldn't have me preaching this message to you and you wouldn't be here today if he didn't want you to hear this message, to have a seed of this message in you so that you could rise up and grow up and produce into a fruit of a David. That's why you're here today. Victory over the attacks. God wants you to be a David. You're a David. A giant killer. Cause Problems for the devil professionally. That's who you are. Even got a good name, Brian. Amen. You're a giant killer. Amen. He says, look, we start to exalt in those tribulations. Not because the tribulation is there, but we know what we're going to do. We're going to use those tribulations. Also, we know that God's going to come through the tribulation. Just because the devil throws, he's going to throw tribulation at you. Well, and Jesus said, you will be persecuted. It's not that you won't be persecuted. It's not that you won't be in tribulation. It's that he is always leading you to victory in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14. He's always leading you to triumph. He's always causing you to triumph. He's always leading you to victory in him. Never will you find that he's not leading you to there. He says, and when you start to know that, he says, you will start to use those attacks to strengthen your spiritual muscles. Perseverance will grow inside of you. Proven character of God will become a reality inside of you. And then all of a sudden, it will bring about proven character, hope. Now, hope in the Bible is not luck. Well, I hope you win the lottery. I hope it falls your way is what they're saying. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I hope it falls your way. That's how the world uses hope today. But that's not this kind of hope that it's talking about. This is a joy. This is the kind of emotion that God says when you start to put this on, you start to see the proven character of God, all of a sudden a joy starts to rise up in you. The devil's like, ugh, attack. And you're like, Don't you remember what I talked about earlier? The little guy goes and attacks the other guy. He gives them all he's got. 
And the other guy's like, you know it's over then. The devil can't do nothing with somebody like that. Oh, you're going to work out my muscles today, devil. Appreciate that. Glory to God. Let's take a little ground. Thanks for opening the door. Just like the dog. Boom, boom, boom. Whoops. Home. Hope rises up inside of you because of the proven character of God. Hope rises up. A joy. Hope is joy, joyful, confident. Expectation. Confident. This is not a, well, maybe I'll win this one. No, no, no. We're winning. (laughs) We've already won. We're already won. No, we're confident. When they saw the confidence and the boldness of the disciples, they knew they had been with Jesus even though they were unlearned men, uneducated. When they saw the boldness, the confidence, the hope that was within them, here they are in shackles, in chains, in front of all the leaders, accusing them in the middle of everybody, and they have a confidence. Y'all don't even know. You don't even know who you're messing with. And it's not Peter that they were messing with. They were messing with the one in Peter. They were messing with the greater one in him. They were messing. You don't even know who you're messing with. It's not me. It's Jesus in me. It's the Holy Ghost in me, on me, and around me. It's the angels assigned. You don't even know what you're messing with. It's not me. I basically, see, this is the work of God that Pastor J.B. sent. This is the work of God to believe in him. Basically, my belief says this. Get them, boys. Bring about the character and nature of God. Holy Ghost, win this battle. Angels, go. Uh, Jesus, dispatch the angels to your, to, at your word to go and win this battle in Jesus' name. Bring those things back. Bring me the fullness. Bring me everything that tribulation tried to steal. Bring it back to me and let's take the ground of the enemy. It's a boldness. It's a confidence. This is not a maybe we'll win this one, maybe we won't. No, he's always leading us to triumph. And a joyful, confident expectation. Oh, How is Jesus going to win this one? (laughs) This is going to be awesome. Hey, y'all, watch this. (laughs) How's he going to win this one? How's he going to win it? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Whatever he does, y'all about to see something spectacular. Now, see, if a believer doesn't respond like this, he's not responding in hope. He's not responding in perseverance. He's actually doing it crossways to what the word says and that's a double minded man unstable in all of his ways and he will not receive anything. So this is why believers don't receive on a regular basis because they don't walk in this boldness and confidence that's within the word. The first thing of being in victory and attacks is knowing that God is always leading you to victory. Put uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14 up. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. 
and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. It doesn't matter. Do you recognize, see this, but thanks be unto God. Now what do you have to give thanks for if it's not actually going to turn into something thankful? In other words, wouldn't it be unjust for God to tell me to be thankful if He's not going to do it? That would be wrong. That would be unjust. When he just says, but thanks be unto God, right there at that moment, by the Holy Ghost, he says, but thanks be unto God, he's already told me I've got something to be thankful for. Otherwise, it's unjust. See, and it says, be thankful in all things. And I think it's Philippians uh, chapter 4. It says, always giving thanks. Giving thanks always. It says, when you let your petition be made known, it says, giving thanks. It's giving thanks before you see the manifestation because you're not giving thanks because of the manifestation. You're giving thanks to the character and nature of a loving father. I'm going to give thanks. So when I get attacked, the first thing I start doing, thank you, Lord. I'm not thanking him for the attack. I'm thanking him for who he is. Because he's going to come through this just like he came through with the lion, just like he came through with the bear, just like he came through when he tried, when the devil tried to get my kids sick, just when he came through when he tried to kill me and take me out, just when he came through like that, he's going to, I'm starting to thank him because when the attacks came before, God came through, he's going to come through this time too. It's his character, it's his nature, he's coming through. He's coming through. But thanks be unto God. Why? Because he always, not sometimes, he leads us in triumph, uh, you know, when you're, when you're doing, it all, doing it right. No, he's always leading you. You might not get it right, but he's always leading you there. Keep that verse up, please. He's always, thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. At what point is God not leading you in triumph? Just because you got an attack, all of a sudden did that break this promise? No. You got an attack, it enacts this promise. This promise now needs to be enacted by the believer. Oh, you're attacking. Thanks be unto God because he's leading me to triumph. You've already lost, devil. You've already lost. The attack is already foiled. It's already foiled. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. And what does he do? He manifests or he brings from the spiritual into the physical. He brings from the unseen into the seen. He manifests through us the sweet aroma. Listen, what he's about to manifest in your life, you've been going through an attack, what he's about to manifest in your life, let me tell you, it's not a bad aroma, it's a sweet aroma. Amen. The sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in some places. But I want to ask you again, you need to get irritated when the word is misquoted and when the devil tries to get you to believe something else. He, he manifests the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in some places? Every no, in every place. See, when that word starts to become such a part of you that the devil crosses it and it offends you, now you're moving to the place where it'll work for you. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. It says you were healed in 1 Peter 2. It's already done. You already have been healed. 
You're not waiting on it. It's already done. That means when the devil starts to try and bring sickness into your house, it ought to offend you because he's trying to say that God's a liar. Oh, that sickness, it's try, he's trying to say that God did not tell the truth. When it starts to offend you that the devil's trying to cross his word like that, it'll start to work for you. But he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. Let me just point this out here. When you start to get true knowledge of him, it's always a sweet aroma. Because he loves you. Oh, does he love you. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. See, what the devil's done to win a lot of these attacks is this. He's, he's gotten us to believe that God doesn't love us. Well, God put this on me to teach me something. I'd rather you cuss. I'd rather you cuss in church on Sunday morning. Because you said worse right there. You do not understand the love of the Father. Now God will take a situation. He'll, he'll learn you something in all different kinds of areas. But he doesn't put sickness on you and give Jesus stripes for you to be healed. That would make him a kingdom divided against itself. It would also make him a child abuser for which we put people in jail for. Are you kidding me? Almighty, Almighty Father who loves you with an everlasting love and he loves you less than we know to love ourselves. In other words, what we're saying is we being evil know more about love than God does. Can you see the deception that the enemy has tried? And this is why tax work because we don't get offended when he crosses the love of our Father. But a lot of times we don't get offended when he crosses the love of our Father because we don't actually know how much he loves us. We don't have a revelation of it. Ooh, when I see y'all sick, I'm not upset at y'all, but ooh, it offends me. It makes me mad because I want to. I know how much He loves you, and I want to stand with you. When I see you uh, in lack and not having the provision, it's not just for me and my family. You know, when I see the appearance of evil in your lives, I know that God has paid the price for you not to be there. And so, this is a lot of the reason why attacks work is because we don't know God's love like this. But when you start to know God's love like this, you start to understand that He has a proven character of love for you and his love will not be uh, taken back in that way look at Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 26 and we'll end with this little passage Romans chapter 8 in the same way the spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know how to pray as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words in other words sometimes when we're praying in the Holy Ghost there's a prayer language not the gift of tongues but the prayer language where you're going to have words that can't be interpreted they can't be interpreted. So people fight, fight over whether or not tongues should or shouldn't be interpreted. There's words that can't be interpreted. That's talking about your prayer language here. That doesn't require interpretation. Matter of fact, you'll pray sometimes 
Words can't define it. It's too deep for words. It's too deep. He says, he'll help us. We don't know how to pray as we should sometimes. But the Spirit himself groans. See, if we'll give ourselves to the flow of the Holy Ghost, he'll teach us and show us how to pray things we don't even know we should pray. With groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, he intercedes for us when we pray in the Holy Ghost. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, he actually starts to pray for us things we don't even know that we should pray. And he starts praying for us and with us as we pray in the Holy Ghost. This is why the devil fights uh, praying in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost and people being filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Now, a lot of people would just quote that verse and say, Now, God's going to work it out. He's got this. Now, you need to read the rest of the verse. This is a conditional verse. This is not just for everybody or every believer. It says, we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God. If we love God, we'll keep his commandments. So it'll work out for your good if you're keeping his commandments, if you're doing what the Holy Ghost asks you to do. And to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, I have a calling to go do and I step, I'm stepping into that calling. In other words, his love has commanded me to do certain things. Part of that is my calling. So those things work together for good to those who love God and do what he's asked you to do. If you're not doing what he's asked you to do, this verse doesn't work for you. But if you will do it, it will work for you. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew... He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, he said, if you will put on Christ, you can be like him. Walk like him, talk like him, pray like him, see results like him. You can see the things that Jesus said. You'll do these things and greater is how, is how Jesus said it. He'll, he'll make you start to walk like him. You think the devil... Now see, didn't the devil also try to attack Christ? Yeah, but he got a different result with Christ. The only time that the devil ever quote-unquote won against Christ is when God, when Christ laid his life down. Well, he laid it down so that you don't have to now. He laid it down to take back all power and authority, the keys of death, hell, and the grave, the keys of this earth. He laid it all down so that we would always be led to victory and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. So now He's not looking for somebody else to lay it all down in defeat. He's looking for somebody else to lay down the flesh to move to victory. We're not laying down defeat. We're laying down our flesh, the corrupted nature, so that we can move into victory. Amen. He's always leading us to victory. He says this, 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. You know, if you are in Christ, God is desiring to glorify you. He's desiring to give you his glory. He's desiring to give you of his glory. He's desiring that, to put his glory on you. And just a little point here. Under an old covenant, Moses stood in the temple and stood up on the mountain then with God. And the glory of God came on him so much so that they had to put a veil over his face. Because the glory manifested in that way. Now, how many Christians you know walking around in the glory like that? So are we trying to say that the glory of God worked better under the old covenant than it works under the new covenant? Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. There's a glory that God desires to get on you that starts breaking chains. There's a glory that when your shadow passes, not the pastor Not just the pastor, the believer. When the shadow passes, all of a sudden healing starts. They started bringing the people out and laying them on the street so that just the shadow of Peter could pass by. There's a glory that God wants to get on you. There's a realm of his glory that even when he took handkerchiefs and he just carried the handkerchiefs and then he sent them to people. He carried them on his body. So then they sent it to people and the glory hits them and gets on them because of that. Because the anointing is tangible. There's a glory that God wants to get on you. Greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world. Don't let an attack make you draw back. But in boldness and confidence start to recognize who you are. A bunch of David's giant killers. A bunch of people that are called to bring about the glory on this earth. To bring the kingdom into this earth. That's who you are. Why? Why? Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Who can be against us? If God's for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How? If he wouldn't hold back Jesus... How will he not also with him freely give us all things? How would he not freely with Christ give us everything? How? It's not possible. If God's for you, who can be against you? So in other words, this attack is nothing but a check from the devil. Let me see if they'll take it. And if you'll receive the attack, oh, oh it hurt me so bad, and, he'll, and you'll receive it and back off of what he's called you to do, then you empowered him to have victory in his attack. But if you start to say, no, that can't stand. It's not right. It's illegal. It's not appropriate. It's against the law of what Christ has already done. You start stepping into the love of God. And he can do nothing with you. And what he thinks he took, he'll have to repay. Greater than it was before. Verse 33. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? 
God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Didn't Jesus give his life for every person on the earth? He did, right? Is every person going to be born again? Why not? Because they didn't believe in what he did. Is Jesus praying for every believer? What do you think he's praying? Do you think he's praying death and destruction or life and life in abundance to the full till it overflows? Do we have to have it? We don't have to. We can deny it. We can be unknowledgeable about it. We cannot put faith in it and we won't have it. Or we can act on it. Lord, I believe in your love for me and I'm going to act on it. And no matter what attack comes, it doesn't stop your love. And so we see right here who will separate us. He's praying for us. He's praying life and life to the full till it overflows. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation? No. Will distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Sword? Just as written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. You're an overwhelming conqueror. You got to understand that you're not a conqueror when you don't have anything to conquer. If you just go through life and it's like tea cakes and roses, I'm not conquering anything. But he says you're a conqueror. That means that there will be, you'll be going through and sometimes we'll be like that, but then sometimes it'll be a brick wall. And now it's time to employ the weapons of our warfare. Now it's time to put those things in action and to resist the devil. Now you're going to be attacked. You're going to have persecution. Now I go to work. Now I put the promises of God in effect. And just because I ran into a wall or I ran into a speed bump or a hurdle, that doesn't mean I'm on the wrong track. It means that it's time for me. God has seen fit that I now conquer something. And so I put on the promises of God. I put on the love of God and we start going through it. We start going through. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? He's saying, look, you're never going to be separated from his love. The only thing that separates you from his love and the manifestations of his love is you. Is yourself. When you don't believe in that love. When you let the attack back you off of your faith. When you let the attack back you off of your hope. When you let the attack back you off of resisting the enemy. In all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. He says this, for I am convinced. I'm convinced. Now understand that this is, this is the writer of Romans saying this, but this is also the Holy Ghost through that writer saying this. This is the Holy Spirit breathing out scripture. The Holy Spirit saying, this is God saying, I am convinced. Well, if God's convinced, we should be convinced. I'm convinced that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from his love. When we start to get that on the inside of us, and the devil starts to throw some symptom at us, to try and get us doubt his love, all of a sudden we'll say, uh-uh, that cannot stand. It's in the wrong place. It contradicts the love of God for me. I won't have it. And now you just pointed out, you just made me recognize that it's time to come against the attack. Thank you for making yourself evident in my life so that now I can come against it, resist the devil, and he will flee. I'll humble myself to him and I will see the love of God come to pass. The love of God for you, he says, is everlasting. It'll never fail and it'll never quit. It doesn't matter what the attack feels like, looks like. We've got to make sure that we receive his love. You look at this that Pastor JB wrote. I didn't even get to my notes. We'll probably have a victory over attacks part two. But look at this. Now listen, listen. Don't disconnect right here. Now's the time when you need to connect more than ever. Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. This is the work of God. Our works are not to try to get God to do something but to believe in the one whom he sent. Our works are to believe in the one whom he sent. The one whom he sent, Jesus, he took our sorrows. We need to believe in that. Sorrows have no place in me anymore. He took our sorrows. If you've got sorrows going on, that's the enemy trying to trick you into taking something that's not yours to take. Jesus already paid for it. If you went to Walmart and, and, and you, bought, you went and paid and bought a gallon of milk, swiped your debit card, credit card, whatever it is, paid cash, and then all of a sudden you got home and you recognized that the milk jug was in there, would you take the milk jug back before you poured the glass back to Walmart, pay for it again? Well, that'd be crazy. Well, if Jesus paid the price to take your sorrows, why would you keep carrying sorrows? Well, it goes the same thing. The one whom he sent. We're supposed to believe in the one whom he sent, Jesus. And we believe that the one whom he sent took our sorrows, carried our burdens. This is our job is to believe that he took our sorrows. Our job is to believe that he carried our burdens. Our job is to believe that he was wounded for our transgressions. Our job is to believe that he was bruised for our, our iniquities. Our job is to believe that he received stripes for our healing. He already paid for the healing. He swiped it with his blood with those stripes on his back. Why would we go and take the sickness again? Why would we let it stay? Why would we take an attack and say, oh, well, I guess this is just mine to bear? No, you're paying twice for something, and the devil's tricked you into thinking that it's okay. The world, a lot of times religion has tricked you into thinking that that's okay. That's got nothing to do with it. It's so wrong. What you're doing is saying that, that God wants you to pay twice. Well, that's contrary to his love. 
Well, Jesus paid for it, but yeah, I think you ought to take it too. That's contrary to his love. Our job is to believe in the one whom he sent. The one who he sent received stripes for our healing, was made sin so that we could be made righteous. He became poor so that we could be rich, and he died so that we could live. You are not dying in this attack in Jesus' name. This attack is not bringing about death inside of you. It's going to bring about an awakening of the one who's inside of you. It's going to awaken the believer on the inside of you. This attack is going to awaken who you are in Christ. This attack's going to awaken. Jesus is in me. The Holy Ghost is my strengthener. He's going to bring me the comfort. He's going to show me. He's going to teach Teach me. I'm going to, he's awakening. This attack is awakening me to who I am in Christ. It doesn't get me to step back. It gets me to step in. This attack doesn't get me to step back. It makes me more bold. It makes me more confident. The devil doesn't know who he's messing with. It's not me. God has given me the ability to believe on him. And all I do is I basically say, all right, Jesus, Holy Ghost, angels, get them. Because I know who loves me. I know his promises for me. And I will have those things. Now, right now, I just want you to bow your head. And if, if you've been going through an attack, something, doesn't matter if it's big, little, does not matter to me, but you've been going through an attack, if that's you right now, will you just raise your hand, let me see it, and keep it up for a second. I've been going through an attack. I've been going through something. The devil's been trying to trick me into thinking that this beat up condition is normal. If you've been going through an attack, just raise your hand. Even if you did it and already put it back down. Let me see everybody's hand. Let me see it all right now. It's a lot. The Lord taught me something. You can put them down. The Lord taught me something some years ago. He said, he taught me this. He said, it's not coincidence, it's coordination. It's not coincidence, it's coordination. I remember days, just listen to this with your head bowed. Uh, Father, I just ask that you start ministering right now your love to them. Years ago when we started the church, it was the funniest thing. I would have a message that God would give to me. And man, it was a freedom message. It was like a message like this morning. Man, it was power packed with the love and the power of God. I knew that lives would change when that message was preached. And it'd be the funniest thing. Everybody that day would have a reason to not be there. We'd get there on the days that I knew lives were going to be changed and it'd be half full, quarter full sometimes. And I started learning something. I started learning, one, um, I needed to pray against the deceptions of the enemy because what I saw was this was not coincidence that everybody was attacked on to come to church or not that day. This was coordination. Most time you'll find that the days when he's trying to hold you back from church is the very day you need to be there. You need to be there all the time, but you especially on those days, you'll find that he really tries to keep you back on days when you need to be there. 
And sometimes it's not as much of the message that's being preached as it is that he's trying to get you to back down from being in the place that you're supposed to be at. And so because it gets you to back down, you drop faith. And then if you drop faith, now the manifestation doesn't happen and doesn't occur. What I learned is that I need to be aware of the devil's devices like the word says, but I also learned that I needed supernatural strength. This is not something I could do on my own. I needed God's help. If you've been coming under attack, what you need is not to keep doing life the way that you've been doing it. You need to step it up in God. You need to do it His way. You try to do life the way that you've been doing it, you're going to find that you'll get the same results you've had up till this point. I need to do it God's way. Remember, all things work together for good to those that love God. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In other words, we need to get in God's way of doing things, God's system and not in our system. Our system hasn't been working. That's why we're desiring prayer many times. That's why we're beat up. That's why we're tired. That's why we're, that's why we're weary. Because we've been doing it our way and not God's way. He makes that very clear when he says, I believe it's in Matthew 11. He says that, take my yoke upon me for my way is easy and light. It doesn't mean that attacks won't come, but it means even in the midst of attacks, easy and light will be the result. And if it's not easy and light, that shows me that I've got some way that's in my own system and not in his system. It's just a symptom. Trust me, I've had plenty of times in my life where it's not been easy and light. And so what I've done is I've humbled myself and said, Lord, let me do it your way. If we'll do it his way, we'll find that he loves us beyond what we can ask or think. He loves us so much, he's just waiting on us. Waiting on us and our faith to pour out his love. I ask right now that he just, as you right now are turning in your heart, I ask that he just starts pouring out his love in you right now. Starts bringing peace and grace in Jesus' name. I mentioned it earlier when I said that in order for us to have what we need, we must believe in whom he whom he sent. Eternal life is to know him. I mentioned in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, he in us and us in him. Our relationship with Jesus on a daily basis has everything to do with it being easy and light and winning those attacks. Now, how many people would be willing to tell me right now, just every head bowed, how many people would be willing to say, my relationship and my daily fellowship with him could go higher? How many people would say that? Just hold your hand up and keep it up. My relationship could get better than what it is. Amen. I see those as pretty much everybody. And see, it's in Him. If we're in Him, 
then all things work. If we're not in him, then it doesn't. It doesn't mean that the devil won't try to attack you in him. It just means that when he attacks us, if we're in him, we come to a solution. But if we're not in him, he attacks us and we lose. In him, in his ways, in fellowship with him. What we need is our fellowship to be right. And so let's just pray, every single one of us this morning, let's just pray this morning for our relationship to get to where it needs to be. So just pray this with me. Everyone here, just pray this out loud. Just say, Father, Father right, now, right now, I need your help. I need your help. And, I know and I know that if I turn towards you, towards you, you are already waiting on me. My relationship my fellowship needs to go up. And at this moment, I'm getting real with you. And I'm taking my relationship up. I got to stop doing it my way. And I need to do it your way. Jesus, as a result of that, I make you the Lord of my life. You call the shots, and I will be obedient. From this point forward, you're the boss. You're the director of my life. You tell me something to do, I'll do it. I'll follow what you've already said in your word. And I'll follow the Holy Spirit's leading in my heart. You're the boss. And I'll, and I'll be obedient. And I believe, and I believe that all my mess, all my, mess my, sin, my sin, my transgressions, you took them on you. You didn't have to. But your love was poured out for me. And you took my mess. And you took that mess to the cross and to the grave and I believe that while you were there dead in body and spirit God brought you back to life and when he raised you up he raised me up so that I could be in you and you in me and now Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No matter if it's going good or if there's an attack, I am not left helpless. But you've given me a helper, a comforter, a teacher, someone who strengthens me in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and fire so that I can live in your way, in your system. And today, life starts to work. And the attacks may come, but they will not win. I will win in Christ.
from this day forward. Today is my day. I won today. I grabbed a hold of victory today. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, I thank you. I praise you. And I worship you. In Jesus' name. Now keep your head bound. Now if you needed to pray that today, I want to pray for you. I want to personally pray for you. If you pray that and you said, who did I need that today? I needed to pray that. Will you just raise your hand and keep it up so I can see you? I needed to pray that today. Uh, they're going up. Keep them up. They're going up all over the place. I needed that today. Not just the message. I needed that renewal in my relationship. I needed to pray and make Jesus Lord and renew that relationship. Keep your hands up right now. Father, I just pray for every person with their hand raised. Lord, strengthen them with all your might. I pray that their eyes of understanding would be opened and enlightened, that they would see so clearly what is your will and what isn't your will, and that they will be strengthened with all your might, not their might, but your might, Lord, to live it and to beat back these attacks, to be more than a conqueror, to be the overcomer, that they would be who you've called them to be, a bunch of Davids, not a bunch of people people that retreat, but a bunch of people that advance, that take ground for the kingdom, that are productive for the kingdom. Lord, let them be who you've called them to be. Lord, Holy Ghost, rise up inside of them now in Jesus' name. Oh, 